Yo, welcome Yo, back. We're back to a youthful take season two, episode four. Yep. We have a good interview for you guys today. Let's get into the news. Yes, Main let's get topic, to the news. Trump barred from Colorado primary. Um, so we're gonna discuss state of uh, presidential primary races uh, to an extent, uh, Israel and the hostage deal. Uh, and then some sports news. So, Jack, get into it. What happened in Colorado? Yes. So, yesterday, which means probably two or three days before this podcast comes out. Um, Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, of course. I like to keep them All right, let's up go. to date. Yep. 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 <laughs> uh, yesterday, uh, Trump was found not eligible to be on the ballot. Well, the Colorado, Colorado Supreme Court deemed that Trump is ineligible. He's unfit for office. Uneligible to be on the presidential ballot because. Of the 14th Amendment. Section 3. Which cites that it was made for Confederates, so Confederates yeah, could not run for president. It was made for Confederates. It cites that an insurrectionist yeah. could not be president. And so, arguably, Trump is an insurrectionist, even though he's not been convicted yet. So, that's, that's why. Sam, what's your take on this? My take is that morally, I agree that if Trump is too. I think Trump is an insurrectionist. Morally, Trump should be. I agree with their ruling. Legally, there's a gray area. I'm not entirely sure, so I'm kind of... I don't really know the exact legal facts on this. What I'm hearing is Colorado may have violated due process because Trump has yet to be convicted as an insurrectionist, even yeah. though he's been charged but yet to be officially convicted in a court of law. But that also brings up the question of states' rights because this is a federal case. Um, a federal case, the insurrection charge, January 6th charges. And so Colorado has their own um, their own ruling, which is separate from the federal case. So it could be allowed because of that, but also people are saying it violates due process because Trump has yet mm-hmm. to be convicted. But yeah, so it's a... But that's still a huge deal. It's an enormous deal that that happened. Yeah. It's also going to set not, precedent that other states may follow along and it's going to end up going well, to the Supreme Court. it got blocked in other states before. So that it just shows that Colorado, that they were just kind of picking and choosing and they eventually found one that stuck where he would get barred, but I, I do think that they violated due process because he's not even convicted the January 6th. Um, yeah, but on um, the state level, the January I don't 6th. think that matters on the state level, though. It might. He's, well, he's not even convicted yet, you know? Yeah, but and how are we but, supposed but to know? It's fe- up to the courts. That's a federal... Anyway, it's going to go to the Supreme Court, and they're going to probably strike it down, suck. so he's going to be back on the ballot anyway. But no, but it's not going to go to the Supreme Court for a while. This isn't take forever. No, because they're going to call for the emergency Supreme Court hearing. It's going to be quick. It's gonna. We're going to get this ruling in like the next month or two. <coughs> yeah. So Trump's going to be, be really back on the ballot. Nonetheless, it's that's really interesting, and it could. I don't think it will, but it could. There's a chance that it has a big effect on the elections coming up. I don't think so. Well, to sum it up in one sentence, I think that it's not okay for Colorado to do this because it violates due process, but... It doesn't matter because he's probably going to be back on the ballot anyway. Um, Jack, where were you on January mo- 6th, bro? I was at Zoom school. So was I. All right, yeah. let's go. We've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next <laughs> next headline is state of the primaries. Uh, obviously, the only... Well, you know, there's some Democrats who are running. <coughs> Our but boy? The big, the big one that gets, that gets the headlines is the Republican primaries. Right let's now, let's current state, we've got... Nikki, Nikki Haley, Haley, Chris Christie, Ron DeSanctimonious, DeSanctimonious, Ron, and Vivek and, and Trump. Oh, Trump. by the way, Vivek said he'd remove himself <coughs> from that Colorado ballot. 
Sorry about that coughing. Yeah. yeah excuse Greenberg. Uh, excuse Vivek me. said he would remove himself from that Colorado ballot until Trump is added back on. Fun fact. Vivek anyway, just wants a place in so, Trump's cabinet, bro. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Vivek wants to be Secretary of the Commerce. The Commerce? <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, so, yeah, we just got Republicans. Looks Ron has lost a lot of his support. Nikki Haley Ron is has. looking like well, the, the second yeah, uh, player looking- behind Trump, Nikki Haley. And if somehow Trump gets convicted, it's barred from the barred from the election. Nikki Some, if something happens, Nikki Haley might get the nomination, but it still looks Should like probably. no one's beating Trump. Well, yeah. Then it would be Ron, Chrissy well, Vivek. Yeah, let's go Chris into, each, Vivek are into each person. And, I don't know, let's give a scenario how they could win, how they could not win, why people like Well, that. Trump could win because it's Trump. Trump could win Nikki because Haley he's could the win. leader. Hold yeah. on, Trump. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, A, how could Trump win? Trump could, I mean, he... he if Trump wins, if nothing yeah. happens, if Trump wins, if everything stays. The How way do you way. see Trump not winning? If somehow he gets convicted, he's behind bars by the time like majority of the primaries roll around. But I don't think they're gonna appeal and appeal and appeal. That's not gonna yeah. happen. And Trump is probably gonna win. Okay, so Nikki Haley. How does Nikki Haley win? If Trump gets convicted and is behind bars by a prime by the time of a primary, I think. She has a real shot. Okay. And Ron, I think it's a toss-up between Nikki and Ron if that happens. I think Nikki's... I think people like her more because she comes off as more... Yeah. I don't know, more, I know. more I like, together, I like, put I together. I like Nikki I far more than I like Nikki. Dude, I, I like Nikki Haley is what I'll say. If she can somehow find a way to get through Trump, Nikki versus Biden, that would be a great race. But I'd like Nikki there. Like, like you like her... I a, like Nikki Haley, you vote man. For her or you guys- I can't vote. In the next election, hold on. Let's get to the other ones. Like, how does how does Chris Christie win? He does not. I don't think he even intends to win. He doesn't intend to win. He just intends to go after Trump, which I like that from him. How does Vivek oh, win? Vivek does not win. Vivek wins by getting a seat in Trump's cabinet. That's the yeah. Vivek's goal. win is yeah. Vivek is a joke. All right. Uh, Vivek is a joke. On the okay. Democrat side of things, we have Biden. Yeah, clear he front wins. runner, he, the incumbent. Yeah, he's probably he's gonna win. We have. Our our good friend Congressman Dean Phillips. Yep. I mean, honestly, I like his message. People don't Democrats don't seem to actually care about what he has to say, and are just thinking he's trying to spoil Biden. I think that's a very critical misunderstanding of what Dean Phillips is all about. Well, yeah. I don't. I feel people really just I overlook think him. The problem with the, I mean, in the House they're pretty united under Hakeem Jeffries, but overall Democrats are not united behind a strong candidate, right? Because. Yeah. Biden is not a strong candidate. The Democrats in the House are kind of the strongest point of, of politics at this moment. They are united under yeah, they're uni- united under the Senate. Democrats. They have their they have their problems with Cinema and Joe Manchin, and pre- president wise, they don't have a strong candidate that they rally that yeah. rallying behind. So I think that's an issue. Um, they need a better candidate. I mean, if, if Dean somehow wins, I would like his. Ugh, I don't know. That's gonna imagine be a Dean versus Nikki Haley election. <laughs> that would be crazy. Yeah, who else? Okay, there's like then there's that, a bunch of third parties. There's really... like Cornell West, Marianne Williamson, uh, RFK Jr. Huntsman. Uh, well, what's it? There's a, there's not a, really. Then there's like maybe yeah, Cornell West, RFK Jr. There's like three. There's them. Like, they're all they're running as independents. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they really have a chance. Honestly, this is not an independent country. This yeah. is your. I feel like Cornell. Well, that ma- well, it's gonna matter because it's gonna take away votes from the the two people that are actually winning nominations. I think Cornell West is going to take away votes, votes from Biden. Mary Williamson, I know she runs every time, but she might. RFK Jr., I think he's going to take away more votes from Trump than he is from Biden. So I think if he really goes in as an independent, that would help the Democrats. Maybe. 
He does talk those conspiracy theories. Yeah. Um. He spouts them. Let's move on. Is recently the presidents of Harvard, Penn, and oh was yeah, it MIT. Harvard, Penn, and MIT went they to Congress. They were te- te- not, testified. I don't yeah. think it was Congress. Was it Congress? It was Congress. Yeah, oh. they, they testified in Congress. Um. They got flamed. They it got was flamed. Awesome to see. Because well, I mean, if you can't more, say yes, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know if you all. That, I don't know if you guys have heard. Go this, look it up. Go watch they, it for yourself. They were asked if calling for the genocide of Jews on their campus violated Wait, their policies, and none, none of, of them, them said, said yes. yes. Not one of them said yes. Obviously, they're lawyers. All those people, I think, are come from law school, so they're looking at the minute details of like what their code of conduct says. Whatever, but, if you can't say obvi- yes to yes. that, obviously that's crazy. But the fact that they couldn't say yes and they were asked repeatedly, yeah, and they, and they, she was like, she was like, I'm gonna give you one more and chance. Even the even the, yeah, the, the person that was see. conducting it, she she asked them on a humanitarian level, not even on a like a like a detailed level, on a humanitarian level, could they say yes? And none of them could. And the craziest result, part was she yeah. goes, she asked that question, and the and I think it was President Gay. I call her President Gay because she's still president of Harvard after all this, which is insane. Um, She asks, and Gay responds by saying, you know, oh, it depends on the context or it depends on what it leads to, like the action it leads to, right? What action? The genocide of Jews? They say it only violates policy if those words turn into actions. So it's only a problem when there actually is just how to do on all those campuses. It's not an issue unless they're calling for it. There actually has to be one. That's insane. Ridiculous. Um, but the one from Penn got fired the next day, which... Yeah. No, she, she, she resigned. She resigned. Okay. And then Harvard's, Harvard's still there. She's still there. They've said she's still going to be there. They have her support. I don't know what's Craziness. gone. I don't know what's happening with MIT. Oh, just remember... George Santos got expelled oh, yeah. from Congress recently. I, I think he's hilarious. Yeah, he's, he's on done cameo like, now. And he's done a bunch of interviews since then. Yeah, those They're interviews so are crazy. funny. He doesn't take himself seriously, actually. No, that guy's crazy. I mean, he should not. He should never have been in Congress, but it's funny now. He goes on cameo and he's he goes made on himself like, a joke. Yeah. Recently, he did an interview like a day or two ago where he just makes fun of himself with that lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's that. so funny. Um, um, anyway, sports news. Okay, uh, sports news. We got huge Shohei Otani just came to the Dodgers. I will be purchasing a Shohei Otani Dodgers jersey. Lakers, Lakers won the first ever NBA in-season tournament. LeBron. Is the LeBron's goal. him. I saw LeBron at Bronny's first game, by the way. Fun fact. Nice. I was there. Nice. Fight on. Go USC. Um, all right. Bronny played really well. He had a three. That's and all the, the news for today. Crazy. Uh, we have a very I good, like Bronny James. We have a very good He's interview. Cool. All right. Okay. We, we'll have a, we have a very good interview <laughs> with a Los Angeles City Councilwoman Council woman coming up. From District 4. Which is if where you know we who that is. Are. Congrats. Enjoy. Enjoy. We'll see you in a second. All right. Uh, we are back here. Youthful Take interview portion. Season Welcome two, to the interview. Four. Today, Sam and I have the pleasure of interviewing Councilwoman Nithya Rahman of the 4th District. Rahman. Rahman. I apologize. Uh, For those who don't know, the 4th District encompasses Hancock Park, Hollywood, Hollywood Hills, Larchmont Village, Sherman Oaks, Silver Lake, and more. I won't, you know, detail your background here yet because we have a couple good questions on that. Okay. But I will say that, you know, I'm a constituent of yours. Thank you for, you know, representing my house. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, anyway, welcome to Youthful Take. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, first question. Let's just yeah, fire get into it. Okay, so I have to make a connect correction for you right away. Oh, okay. Start. Here we go. So I got redistricted. Oh, right. Yeah. So you did. I don't represent Hancock Park and Larch anymore. anymore. Wow. I used to represent those beautiful neighborhoods, but now I represent Northern Silver Lake, all of Los Feliz, the Hollywood Hills, which mm-hmm. is where you live, I yep. think. Uh, and then most of Studio City, all of Sherman Oaks, the bottom tiniest sliver of Van Nuys, all of Encino, and half of Reseda. Wow. So the valley now. I actually used to live in Hancock Park. So, so you don't, not anymore. Not, yeah, well, I, I don't represent it, and yeah. you don't live there either. So good, you moved with. We me. both moved. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. All right, I appreciate that. <clears throat> so, our research tells us that your background is in urban planning, and you didn't really grow up here, and you're a mom with a family, so you're not the typical, you know, classic city council candidate. Yeah. What made you want to run? So most people who run for city council seats are people who know from a very young age that they want to be politicians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I meet a lot of those people now, young people who are working in political offices or they're members of Democratic clubs. Like they do, you know, like the San Fernando Valley um, that has like a uh, a young Dems part, uh, you know, club. Mm -hmm. And so like people who are excited about becoming politicians join those clubs. They work in political Mm -hmm. offices. They're on the track. Mm -hmm. I was never on that, never on that track. I have a master's in urban planning. I went to Harvard and MIT. I studied political science, and then I studied urban planning. And then I lived in India for a long time. I was working in slums and informal settlements. I was working with individuals who didn't have access to running water. They didn't have um, basic hygiene uh, necessities in those neighborhoods. And I was working with them to try and get those from the government through new programs that were being set up in India at the time. My husband, though, was here. Mm -hmm. he, He works in entertainment. And we've known each other since college. And so we got married and we were actually living in different countries. And then I finally moved to L.A. to be with him. And when I got here, I wanted to work on urban planning issues here. So I worked on the issue of homelessness. And then when I was home with my twins, when they were first born, I took some time off of work. I saw that there was a lot more people who were experiencing homelessness in my neighborhood than I had seen before. Like new tents were popping Mm. up in places. So I started this volunteer group. And the volunteer group was so um, in demand, like we had to turn away volunteers because homelessness is the kind of issue I feel like everyone wants to do something about it. People want to, they they feel helpless looking at the situation and they want to do something about Mm -hmm. it. And I felt like when I was doing the work with those volunteers and we were getting people who who were experiencing homelessness into housing through our work, we were advocating for them within the system, we connected them to case managers, we were raising money for hot meals and services and all kinds of things. I just felt like all of these people were doing all of this extra work that wasn't their Mm -hmm. jobs, that wasn't taking care of their families, and it wasn't their job to do that. It was the city's job, Mm -hmm. and the city wasn't really doing it. And I did not feel like that urgency, that need for change, that, that, that excitement to do something was being reflected in our city government. So that's when... I decided to run for office. And I also knew, because I really like thinking about cities a lot, I read urban history Mm -hmm. and I um, study cities, that our city council here is more powerful than in other cities. So like Eric Adams is a very strong mayor. Karen Bass may be a very strong woman, which she is, but she's not a strong mayor because the position is designed Mm -hmm. with a strong council and a weak mayor. 
So I was like, oh, I want to be part of this body that's making policy. I want to push the city to do more about the issues that they should be working on. Mm -hmm. So that's why I decided to run for office. What's your favorite city outside of Los Angeles? Yeah, okay. Well, obviously LA is my favorite city. Mm -hmm. This is definitely by far the best. Um, I I mean, if I were going to live in another city, I guess I would want to live in New York City. New York City. Yeah, what about you guys? I love LA. Honestly, I, I want to live here my whole life. Well, I want to go away for college, yeah. honestly, because I think it's important to, you know, mm-hmm. kind of learn valuable life skills and not be sheltered by your parents your whole life. Yes. But I definitely want to come up, come, come yeah, back that's good. because I, I love LA. Yeah, I think LA is really special. Yeah. I love Europe. I was in Paris yeah. somewhere. I love what, like, the walking culture. Yeah. There's, it's built for walking. Yeah. And I think at some point, I definitely want to live in Europe for a period. Yeah. That's true. I like London. I like Paris. Mm-hmm. Those are beautiful cities. Nice, yeah. I'd like to bring some of those walking elements here to yeah. LA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. LA is pretty perfect, but I I think there's a lot of ways in which our urban planning practices can improve. For sure. Yeah. Um, since becoming the councilwoman for the mighty fourth district, <laughs> who are the two? Uh, what are the two things you are most proud of accomplishing? Um. Okay. So here's. Here's two things I'm really proud of. One is I ran talking about housing and homelessness, mm-hmm. right? I talked about tenant protections. I talked about building more affordable housing. I talked about um, all these issues. And I'm really proud of the fact that we really delivered, particularly on the issue of homelessness. So mm-hmm. when I got elected, there used to be a lot of encampments in my district um, that had been there for a number of years. Uh, or when I got redistricted into neighborhoods, there were yeah. large encampments there, right? But since I got into office, I, I hired a team of people who, who work in the office. I have four people who work on our homelessness team in the office. By the way, when I started at City Hall, mm-hmm. in, so I got elected in November of 2020. I started in January of 2021 in yeah. earnest. There was, 2021 is not that long ago. There was not a single person on a council staff that had the word homelessness in their title. Really? Isn't that crazy? As of 2021? Yeah, given how big an issue it is. So we, but we have four. And now there's a lot more people who are doing work on homelessness across the council offices. Um, and, uh, you know, our team has been able to connect people who are in encampments in our district with shelter effectively. And we've been able to move entire encampments indoors. Like there used to be a big encampment outside of the Hollywood Bowl on the corner of Highland and Franklin. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be a big encampment outside of Durant Library on Sunset. Um, there used to be big encampments on the other side of the hill, like Coldwater 101, um, at Van Nuys 101, at that underpass, at the Hollywood Bowl Park and Ride in Studio City. So all of these used to be large encampments. And now, we, because we were able to connect people with services and housing, we were able to move them indoors. And those mm-hmm. areas have stayed clear because we didn't just shove people across the street we actually brought them into a home which is really exciting um what's the second thing i'm most proud of okay so i told you i was redistricted right Mm -hmm. yeah so there was actually a uh recently a new york times front page article about redistricting and how redistricting was done here in los angeles to benefit incumbents and to undo my political power so it was like targeted at me but that's because the city council controls redistricting. Mm-hmm. And so, but thanks to our work, my work, and in partnership with some of the other council members, uh, we are going to have a, ba- a charter amendment on the ballot in November 2024 to finally mm-hmm. put in place independent redistricting yep. in, mm-hmm. in the city of LA. So those are my, two things I'm really proud of. 
Big achievements. I, I, my next question, I'm, I'm a little proud of myself. Okay. My next question is actually about the Independent Commission. Oh, okay. So, cool. Um, so on the topic of redistricting, yeah. um, you've been you know, a leader in the movement to reform yeah. it. And as you said, your proposition is for an independent commission. Yeah. Uh, can you A, give us insight into your governing philosophy regarding this independent commission? And B, why you think it's better than what already exists? So, you know, to me, I feel like we should be setting up government in a way that elected officials are here in this role, that we're put into these positions, and we are able to, as much as possible, ideally all the time, make decisions that are best for Angelinos, Mm -hmm. right? That's that's the governance structure we need to create. So that Mm -hmm. means putting into place things like campaign finance rules that mean that you're not exchanging political favors so that you can get money for your campaign, that means putting into place um, ethics legislation that, that say that you're not asking for favors from companies or individuals that you're supposed to be regulating. You know, we're, we've tried mm-hmm. to put into place a system here in Los Angeles where elected officials who are here are encouraged, incentivized, and mandated as much as possible to do good in those positions, right? That should be what good governance looks like. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have any situations where like what you've seen in LA over and over again, that people are taking money under the table mm-hmm. in return for people okaying new construction in their in their districts, right? That mm-hmm. happened in Council District 14, literally bags of cash being handed to mm-hmm. local story. elected reps in a Las Vegas bathroom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, or what happened uh, in... in um, in the leaked tapes which came out Uh where people were behind the scenes talking about drawing the lines of council districts not because they wanted to draw those lines Mm. in a way that made sense for angelinos but to benefit themselves and their allies to stay in power Mm -hmm. right so i what i want to do is create a governance system which really incentivizes and forces city council members to do good right Mm -hmm. to do the right thing and so in this case, this means taking redistricting out of council members' hands and putting it into an independent redistricting committee. Mm-hmm. And that committee is modeled off of high-functioning redistri- independent redistricting committees that exist all over the country, including in the state of California. This is not rocket science. It's not something we're having to invent. We just look at the models that exist and we can put it into place. So yeah. that's, that's what I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. It has to go on the ballot because the process of redistricting is in our charter. We have a city charter. We're a charter mm-hmm. city here in mm-hmm. LA. And so... Plane overhead. Plane overhead. That happens often. It does? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's There's always something. There's always yes. some plane. Usually my dog. <laughs> <laughs> no dog. Well, we, and we moved away from the kids here. So, yeah. yeah. Um, we have a charter that governs the city. We're a charter city. And so in order to change redistricting, you have to change the charter, which means mm-hmm. the voters have to vote to accept that change. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be on your November 2024 ballot. Are you guys old enough to vote? We're just going to miss out. We're going to miss by out. A few I'm, months. De- I'm December 3rd, 2006. March. So. Yeah, he's 2007. So. Okay, yeah, so we thought it was funny like we're the most involved of all yeah. of our friends in politics and all of them can vote in the 2024 election and we except can. for us two yeah. we're the only ones who can <laughs> sucks that's too bad all you have to Whatever. do is convince them to vote your way yeah because <laughs> they may not vote at all if you didn't yeah. to right so you're actually, you know, I we think this, our this, is, this podcast is actually made. We, we had some of them, we had some of them sit down with us and we did an episode where we talked about like 
from a teenage perspective, their yeah. opinions. That this this came up. So, yeah. Are they excited about voting or no? Some are. I, I was like, they're excited. Split. It's more like, okay, I'll do it now. Yeah. But just because you made me sit down. Yeah. It's exactly why. Right. I feel like that. It's rough. What? Well, obviously you know what I'm talking about, but one of our friends who we we interviewed, Ariel, he seemed pretty excited. But there was like, oh yeah, Ariel. We had one friend that shout was out there. Ariel. Shout out Ariel. Who's... Ariel, <laughs> congratulate. <laughs> he was the most passionate about vote. I applaud yeah. you, Ariel. Hmm. Um, you so I had to follow up a question on that. Yeah. I'm kind of unfamiliar with the redistricting issue in Los Angeles. Is it similar to gerrymandering that goes on in like Congress? Or? Yes, yeah. and that's why it was interesting that they wrote about it because the the angle that they used to cover it is that you you know when we think about drawing the lines and it's. It's a crooked process of drawing the lines, you know? We think of the Republican versus Democrat yeah. fights over drawing the lines in New York State yeah. or North Carolina, North Carolina or whatever. But here what happened was it was a Dem on... I mean, we're all Democrats, basically. Uh-huh. Out of 15 members on the city council, there's 14 Democrats and one guy who used to be registered as, hmm. a, Demo- uh, as a Republican, but now he's um, whatever the... Independent? Independent, yeah. Yeah. Registered as, yeah, whatever the, yeah, independent. Um, But he's Republican, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, so in a city that's almost entirely Democrat run, the story was pointing out that there is still uh, chances for people to get in there and mess with the lines to benefit themselves and to benefit their own political power. And so that's what had happened here. On that topic of just kind of, so... You just said, you know, L.A. is mostly blue, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, we know this. And, you know, there's one independent. How important is bipartisanship to, you know, the city council and just you in general? How, how important is that to you guys? Because we know it's, there's not really any Republicans on the city council. Mm-hmm. So. so I think the city council should be representative of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And Los Angeles is mostly Democrat. Right? Yeah. So I think it's important for the council to speak for the residents of LA. But at the local level, I will say that the lines between what is a Republican (coughs) issue, what is a Democratic issue, what is, um, you know, what is progressive, what is moderate, Mm -hmm. you know, now there's a a split in the Democratic Party between the moderates and the progressives, right? And that's like what's playing out at the national Mm -hmm. level. Yeah. The question is, what is a progressive housing policy? Or what is the Democrats' housing policy? There's no definition of that, right? So if you were to say, okay, what's a Democrat policy at the national level? You'd say pro-choice, yeah. right? You'd say maybe pro-environment, mm-hmm. right? Believe in climate change and want to fight it. Um, making sure that workers' rights are protected yeah. as opposed to corporations' rights, right? Yeah. So there's things that you feel like you can identify. These are Democrat policies. Mm-hmm. At the local level, though, it's different. It, it all gets messed mm-hmm. up, right? Are you going to be wanting to build more housing in L.A. because you're a Democrat mm-hmm. or a Republican? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's kind know. of a different yeah. thing, right? And so that's why I think it's kind of exciting to be a local politician because on my ballot it doesn't say DRR next to my name. It's a nonpartisan race. I see. I yeah. I, I kind of see that. Like there's a Democratic governor of Louisiana right now, mm-hmm. and the, I don't think Louisiana has voted blue in a uh, hundred years. Yeah. So it's, it's just, been a yeah. while. It's been a while. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah. But but I but the 
but at the but he may be talking about issues that matter to mm. people in Louisiana. Yeah. In ways that cut through party lines, yeah. right? Like what if he's talking like let's say you had a state where water access was really important, which in in um, at least one city in Louisiana, yeah. access to clean water is a major issue, right? Mm-hmm. Just like in Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. So if he makes clean water his issue, he's not really being elected because of he's a Democrat yeah, or, or he's Republican. Republican. He's just talking about the issues that matter. And matter, I feel like at the yeah. local level, you have the opportunity yeah. to cut through that stuff. So I'm kind of like, I am a progressive, right? Mm-hmm. Like I really love Bernie Sanders. I really loved Elizabeth Warren when they were running for mm-hmm. president. Um, I obviously mm-hmm. voted for Biden when he became our nominee, but um, I, w- I, you know, I think of myself as a progressive, but I wouldn't say every progressive in LA or anywhere that's in a city agrees on whether you should be building more housing or not. Yeah. yeah. So, but I and I want to fight for more housing, but I don't think that's necessarily that a progressive yeah. thing or not. It's just, <coughs> it's just a thing that I think is right for LA because yeah. I want yeah. you guys to come back to live in LA, and unless you uh, get to live with your parents, you may not afford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you may exactly. not be able to afford to live in LA after you finish college. Yeah. At the rate that things are going now. Um. True. Another mm-hmm. question I had was, we kind of talked about earlier what you're proud of accomplishing. Yeah. What are two things that you would, that you or, you know, the city council in general would like to see accomplished in the next five years? What would you like to see accomplished? So I think one thing that's really important is to make sure that we're building housing at scale. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that to me is the key to the future of LA. Like you want, L- I want, my husband came here because he wanted to work in the entertainment industry. He came here as mm-hmm. a young writer trying to make it. Like his parents. Like yeah. Like, <laughs> right now, I was always, always lived in LA. My mom did the same thing. Yeah. She came here chasing her dream, mm-hmm. right? So did mine. And imagine if, imagine if it was so unaffordable that they could have never come to Los Angeles. What, mm-hmm. what talent does the entertainment industry have to look to? It's true for any industry. We want people to start businesses in Silicon Beach. Mm-hmm. But if you can't even live in Silicon Beach, in, in Venice or anywhere yeah. near there, how are you going to come here Get and be there. part of the, you know, the creative yeah. ecosystem? Mm-hmm. Any, but really anybody, any worker that wants to come and make their honest living in Los Angeles, this city should be able to open their doors. And unless we mm-hmm. are able to do that, the future of Los Angeles as a city that draws people to it from across the country from across the world, that's going to be a threat. So to me, making it possible to build a lot more housing in LA, that's that's really important. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, where do you build that housing? How do you build it in ways that preserves what you love about your neighborhood? How do you build it in ways that still doesn't, you know, doesn't impact environmentally sensitive mm-hmm. places in LA? Because LA has these beautiful mountainous areas, yeah. and you don't want to be building housing there. So how, where do you find the space for it in this city? That's the question that we have to grapple with. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about taking that on. Cool. I guess you asked me for two things, but I'll just leave it at that. Well, yeah. awesome. That's a that was a good answer. Okay. Yeah. answer. Um, um, should we do lightning round? Yeah, it's lightning yeah. round time. All right, so oh, this gosh. next part, these are more well, this casual is, this questions. Is casual questions. Casual yeah. questions. Yeah. They better be Three fun, quick. Though. All right, well, here we go. Favorite restaurant in LA? Oh, that changes a this lot. Is a, this is a make or break. Make or break. <laughs> that changes a lot. Well, Silver Lake has some good restaurants Silver Lake and Los Feliz have great restaurants. What was my most recent amazing restaurant that I went to? 
Okay, classic is Little Doms and Los Feliz. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I've been really enjoying food at Mirate, also in Los Feliz. So those okay. are my two good spots right now. I'm trying to think of like what else have I been trying recently that's been great. I love this question because we just get so many good suggestions. <laughs> oh, really? Best restaurant in LA. Yeah. Now I have so many places I can go to. <laughs> yeah, Jack hit it. Um, favorite sports team or teams? Okay, so um, the Lakers. Of course. I'm a and Laker my fan. secret. He likes the Clippers. Okay. Well, I have a friend who likes the Clippers. He's been yeah, really trying to get me into the Clippers. Clippers doing better than the Lakers right now. Okay. So let's well, leave it at that. Awesome. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Um, and I'm very, I, Good just for you. Out, I just found out that there's a Christmas Day Lakers versus Celtics game. Oh, that's a good game. That's going to be classic. Yeah, game. so I'm trying to get tickets for that. But to be honest with you, I, I mostly watch sports through my husband and son. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> um, last, right, last one. Question. We kind of touched on this, but favorite vacation spot? The world. Um, nearby, Ojai. Ojai, nice. So beautiful. I love going to Ojai. And then my family went to Hawaii for the first time last oh, yeah. year. Hawaii's awesome. And I loved it. Do you know what island? We went to the Big Island last Big year. Big Island? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I've been there. I, I went to Mauna Kea there once. Yeah, Mauna Kea. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right. That, that wraps it up. Wraps that was it up. The end Thank of, you so much. Thank you for coming on. How did you get over here? You drove? I drove. Sam drove. Treacherously he, drove oh over here. Oh my god, he made the worst turn. <laughs> okay, are you going to take the highway back? We can take the highway here. No, you don't. Don't take the highway. Don't do that. Just, take, just <laughs> take service street. After that one, I'm not <laughs> letting you take the highway. That was bad. Can I ask okay. how old you both are? I am 16. Mm-hmm. I'm 17. I'm shortly. I'll be 17 shortly. When? March. March. You just turned 17. I did just turn 17 like two weeks ago. So you know what's so funny about getting older? Well, for me, I don't know if this is true for everyone. I'm 42, and I can, I still have a really <laughs> strong sense of myself when I was 17. Like I can still yeah. close my eyes and I feel who I was then very wow. clearly. Which is I don't know. That's I don't unusual. Feel, I, feel I don't like... feel like I've like aged that. <clears throat> yeah. Age. Obviously, I've physically aged, but I don't feel like, you know, I'm that different from that person. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Huh. Yeah. Food for thought. Food for thought. Food indeed. for thought, right there. Okay. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you guys. This awesome. was so fun. All right. All we'll right. see you at the game show. There we go. I. It's game show time. Our theme today for this... Oh, what's... The, I'm up a lot, right? 3-0. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. 3-0. Um, our theme today Three is like nil. classics, like ancient Romans and Greece questions. Can I ask the first question? Yeah, you can. What were the two brothers in the myth about the sheep? Well, let me listen to Remus. Yeah. That was uh, free. Jack, where was Alexander the Great born? Somewhere in the Middle East. Am I? No. Don't do that. Don't do that, Jack. Don't do that. All right, Jack is no. Uh, you, I don't know. You could have said Greece. That would have worked. But oh. Jack believes Macedonia. Ma- Macedonia. Alexander the Macedonia. Oh, North Macedonia is a country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not because bad start. Which, <laughs> like every week. Which. <coughs> okay. Thank you. Which Roman emperor 
is credited for, you know, ushering in Christianity? Pax Romana. Oh. Pax Romana. For like, he's he's the one who started it, kind of. I guess. Not kind system, of. Like, he's the one who started it. economic system? He's the first one to start it, is what I'll say. Nero. No. Con- Constantino. Augustus. Caesar Augustus? Augustus. Jack? It's 1-0, you? Okay, yeah. here we Jack, go. Jack, name two Greek philosophers. Uh, Arist- Aristotle, Socrates. Nice. Hey! Who's the third one? Let him know about Plato. Yeah. Yep. Alright. Come on, one I know one. my shit. One, one. Pardon my French. Rome's religion was polytheistic until Emperor Blank made Christianity... Constantine! It's Theodosius. No, it's not. Constantine! Shall, shall we do a f- fact check? Made it legal or... Which... Or made it the official religion? The official. Okay, Constantine, Constantine made it. I said I said the official. Oh, I'm not giving you that. Illegal, I said the official. That's a listening problem. Wait, if I if I don't get this, we go into extra innings. Yeah. Who was the first Roman emperor? Hold on, give me one sec. Julius. No. 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 Nope. Son Caesar Augustus. Caesar. Octavian. Wait, is that the one? No. Julius Caesar and Caesar Augustus are two different people. Julius Caesar was the first Roman. It was a dictator. Wow. Caesar Augustus or Octavian was the first Roman emperor. I see. All right. Who's Paul, the one that got murdered? Caesar. But he was never they're, emperor. They're both Caesar. Which one? Julius. Julius. Caesar. Julius. Oh, okay. Caesar Augustus. Wait. So we're do we do we just push this to next week or do we? Let's pause and we'll find another question. Okay. There's no longer. All right. We're gonna push this to next yeah, week. Yeah. Episode's getting long. It's going to be worth two tomorrow. Two, uh, two, I double mean, or nothing next, next time. All right, All right thank See you ya. for listening. Bye.